Hello and welcome to Zeroing In on Sustainability, the podcast from Grosvenor, Britain and Ireland that explores sustainability in the built environment and beyond. I'm James Manning, Senior Transformation Manager in the Sustainability and Innovation Team at Grosvenor. And I'm Eve Bellas, Sustainability and Innovation Coordinator at Grosvenor too. On this episode, we'll be zeroing in on COP26, the United Nations International Climate Summit, hosted this year by the UK in Glasgow. The event brings together world leaders to discuss the climate emergency and agree to nationally determined contributions, known as NDCs, to limit greenhouse gas emissions and mitigate climate change globally. During these discussions, events will be held across the world for businesses and communities to get involved and inspire progress. Exactly, Eve. And today, we are delighted to be joined by Tor Burroughs, Executive Director of Sustainability and Innovation here at Grosvenor, Britain and Ireland. Tor has been appointed as a built environment climate ambassador for the UK Green Building Council, also known as UKGBC. In this role, she's working with UKGBC to call for strong, ambitious action from governments to decarbonise our towns, cities and buildings. In the lead up to the UN summit in November, she is working to grow the number of built environment businesses committing to net zero carbon through the UN's Race to Zero. I'm really looking forward to discussing the summit and the potential it has to accelerate climate action at this crucial time with Tor. So let's bring her on. Welcome, Tor, and really wonderful to have you with us on the podcast. Thank you so much, James and Eve. I've been listening to Zero In for a few months now and delighted to get the chance to speak to you both. Thanks so much for joining. So let's kick things off. Can you give us a little bit of background to what the conference is, who's involved and what's going on as part of the sort of proceedings, I guess? Great. Yes. So the word COP stands for Conference of the Parties. And in this sense, the sort of parties are the governments that have signed up to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. And the purpose of the conference is really to bring together these signatory governments to discuss jointly how they're going to address climate change and the climate crisis. Currently, there are, I think it's 197 countries involved. And the conference is attended by these world leaders, ministers and negotiators, but also by representatives from civil society, businesses, international organisations, and of course, the media as well. And I think it's worth saying what's particularly important about this COP is I'm sure you all, you all know about the Paris Agreement, but in Paris in 2015, there was an international treaty signed by the same countries, um, and the treaty sort of committed all of the countries to do their best endeavours to limit global warming from pre-industrial levels well below 2 degrees Celsius, and ideally 1.5 degrees. And then this, this COP, um, summit is really a check-in to understand how each country is getting on to in order to fulfill the Paris Treaty. So it's absolutely critical. So one of the key outcomes we're hoping for from COP is for world leaders to update or at least make nationally um, determined contributions. So can you tell us a little bit about what these are? And we've been hearing the term ratchet mechanism used around these. What, what does that mean? And can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, of course. Nationally determined contributions or NDCs are central to achieving that Paris Agreement that I just spoke about and with the overall objective of limiting global warming to well below two degrees above pre-industrial levels. Um, but whilst the 
Paris Agreement or the parties to the Paris Agreement agreed that overarching objectives, they also made the provision in the form of the NDCs almost like you know bottom up from each country to commit to what they'll do to address the climate crisis. So individual governments outlined their targets, their contributions, and then or, the related sort of plans and policies in order to tackle the climate emergency and achieve the aims of the Paris Agreement. So those were the NDCs. And then the progressive reduction against these targets and expectation to submit new ones is known as that ratchet mechanism. So almost a ratchet mechanism looks at the progress against the national determined contribution and the aims of the Paris Agreement. And COP26 is the sort of first test of this ambition raising function, if you like. So a really big success for Glasgow is that as many governments as possible submit new NDCs. And when they're all put together and they're all amalgamated, the world is on track for well below two degrees and preferably 1.5 degrees and as you all know that's the UK committed to a 68% reduction by 2030 compared to its 1919 levels so a regressive reduction pathway for the UK in commitment terms. And I guess is that what we see as success then is countries stepping forward and and being ambitious and setting new targets I guess the flip side is how how are they doing generally are are countries on the whole reaching the pathway towards their existing NDC before they even commit to a new one or are we a bit behind with certain parts of the world? So I think uh, you know a successful outcome will be that all countries commit to NDCs because not not everyone's committed to an NDC yet Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully the ones that are the countries that are making progress submit more ambitious goals. Of course, ambition is one thing and ambition is really important, but we also make, need to make sure we have action against it as well. So it's not just about the NDC, it's about the action that we're taking across the globe as well. And I think it's also really important outcome of Glasgow is that in Paris, the developed countries sort of honoured a promise they made back in 2009 to mobilise $100 billion per year by 2020 to support climate action in developing countries this goal wasn't met last year so I think it's about the NDCs but it's also about how we're going to ignite global action and global capital to help the world transition to a low carbon economy and ensure that we are keeping temperatures well below two degrees and it's a just transition I guess on the whole as well that exactly, other countries yeah. are able to to make that transition exactly so it's you know it's 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 very sensitive and there'll be lots of negotiations going on but you know, absolutely critical that we come to global agreements on the, for this global issue. And obviously, this is an opportunity for governments to come together. So there'll be ambassadors, there'll be world leaders, there'll be negotiators from different parts of the world. What role do businesses play? Because a lot of businesses are going up to COP, they're maybe presenting, they're hosting events throughout the the two weeks climate change is a global issue all part of society has to change whether that's governments businesses individuals community groups you know everyone has a role to play and the face of business will change dramatically as we fulfill the objectives of the paris agreement i think that's recognized by governance that businesses have a role to play whether that's informally through some of the panel events and i'll talk a bit about one of the events i'm speaking at in the blue zone in cop um i'm sure in in later on in this podcast but also informally and you know it's about getting together agreeing coalitions whether it's through things like the green building council and other commitments or or more informally as well no that's really helpful so obviously you work for a business tool grove in britain and ireland 
as sustainability and innovation sort of executive director and you're going to go to cop 26 and represent us as a business but also the uk gbc and the other players in the built environment particularly in the uk what will you be doing as a part of cop what's your role going to be are you speaking are you sitting on panel events what's the plan of action for you at cop so yeah i'll be representing grosvenor but also my role as a uk gbc built environment ambassador at cop but actually also representing the built environment as a whole i mean it's a sector that we all know is responsible for 40 percent of global emissions but there's lots of stats that shows particularly in cities that actually it's it's considerably higher than that and it can be up to 70 or 80 percent of you know a city's emissions so it's absolutely critical part of well the problem but also an opportunity to be part of the solution as well so just to give you a bit of background my role as a ambassador to date because a lot of it has been in the build-up to cop has been to get businesses to sign up to race to zero which is the un agreement for businesses to cut their emissions by at least 50 percent by 2050 which you know with my graven hat on we don't think it's as ambitious enough but for some sectors because it's completely cross-sector for some sectors that is ambitious so getting as many built environment businesses to sign up to race to zero but also to champion and support the whole life carbon roadmap that we're doing for the built environment that the uk green building council have been championing so this project is to essentially develop and deliver a science-based trajectory for reducing built environment emissions in line with limiting global temperatures below 1.5 degrees. So I think a really critical part and and that's going to be launched at COP as well. So those have been two key roles that I've had in the run-up to COP and then During the event, I'm attending all sorts of events, panels, championing the built environment, everything from official events, but also, you know, some outreach and going to schools and, you know, making sure we're getting the education and the um, uh, awareness out there. So I'll be doing lots of listening, meeting people, conferences, and then very excitingly, I have been asked by Bayes to attend a Blue Zone event on the Built Environment Day, which for you know, governments essentially, so ministers plus NGOs, and that's where all the sort of negotiations and decision makings will happen through the UK GBC and also our relationship with Steel Zero. I've been invited to speak on decarbonising construction and low carbon construction materials. So I'm joining a panel on the second Thursday during Built Environment Day, as I say, which will be really exciting and, and hope to meet some great influential people and I'll be flying the flag for our sector I hope please say hi to David Attenborough for us and the Queen <laughs> and others David Attenborough Greta the Queen <laughs> they're all on the list <laughs> will it all be live yeah, streamed and stuff as well streams. you know there's actually a UN YouTube channel which people can log into watch the live streaming and then there's all sorts of events that are going to be pre-recorded depending on who they're hosted by they might be on different websites and things but really encourage everyone to get involved because you know there's action-packed agenda there's so much happening a lot all at the same time so you really have to pick which event you go to but, you know this is an absolutely pivotal moment in you know our history and it's exciting and scary all in equal measures yeah a shameless plug here as well we're hosting a really exciting art installation in central london in grosvenor square actually which is going to be in partnership with a company called water bear which do all sorts of amazing sustainability documentaries but they're basically creating a massive sculpture of the loch ness monster 
um, but made out of recycled genes. And there'll be an opportunity to engage with the art. There'll be links to various websites. How can you be more sustainable in your personal life? How can you be more circular? We had a previous podcast where we spoke with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation around circularity. How can people be more circular in, in how they behave and what they do? So please, if you're listening to the podcast, do come and check it out. Grosvenor Square, it'll be over both weeks of COP and it'll be a chance to hopefully engage with COP if even if you can't go up to Glasgow, if you, even if you're just in central London. And I guess other than physical art installations or YouTube links, are there other ways that people can get involved? Yeah, I think you all know that Grosvenor are, are founding partners of the UK Grim Building Council and the Better Building Partnership. Both of those organisations have events during COP, some in the green zone actually and some in the blue zone as well. So do go and have a look on their website. They're webinars that you can dial into remotely or in person. So, you know, it's as if you're there if you're not in Glasgow. So definitely have a look at that. And then, I mean, very simply, I think just follow the news. There's going to be so many announcements, I hope, during the two weeks and getting all the latest information, the reaction. I was saying to the team that I want to do some some video blogs to report back on what I'm seeing on the ground. So I hope to be able to share them. If you're allowed to in the blue zone. So another exciting event will be a really cool photography exhibition by Rankin looking at everyday climate heroes. So people who maybe aren't necessarily a world leader or they're not in the government or in the public eye, but these are people that are actually on the ground delivering climate action to address climate change in reality. So the second week in November, hopefully that will be going into Eccleston Yards, which is near Victoria Station next door to Victoria Coach Station. Yeah, I just love that exhibition in Eccleston Yards, just as a point in that you don't have to be in Glasgow and a delegate, you know, a member of the government organisation to actually get involved. Hopefully, if anything, COP will just spark some conversations or inspire people to just start wherever they are, whether that's writing a letter to their MP or, you know, doing things very grassroots just to create progress from both sides. Absolutely. I agree. Otherwise, it can seem a bit exclusive now. No, absolutely. I think, I mean, that's the benefit of technology, isn't it? That hopefully, whether you're remote or, or you're there, you'll feel like you're involved in the conversation. And, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, the fact that the UK are hosting this summit. So I hope the noise is really big and it, you know, we have some really big decisions from this summit. Yeah, so Prime Minister Boris Johnson has talked about coal, cars, cash and trees being his four key areas that he hopes to see tackled at COP. What would you pick for your four key areas for progress in the built environment? It's a great question, Eve. So just concentrating on the built environment, not decarbonisation more generally, I would definitely pick, oh, I'm trying to think of some punch, I'll come back to try and pick, think of uh, some punchy titles for them. Yeah, I'll explain them first because I'm not sure coals and coal and trees actually fit together so well. <laughs> but definitely retrofitting, retrofitting, retrofitting is absolutely critical for the built environment. You know, heating our buildings is a huge part of the problem, and you know, energy efficiency sort of 101 tells us that retrofitting homes with insulation and energy efficiency measures has you know many multiple benefits of clearly improving your energy efficiency, but also lowering fuel bills, enabling low carbon heating solutions to work much more effectively, as well as creating green jobs. So I think that, you know, absolute no brainer. I mean, coupled with that is the energy source, removing fossil fuel heating systems and gas boilers to move to much more renewable, you know, electric heating. So that's my second one. We can't forget embodied carbon. 
so clearly it's not just about operational as well you know part of the built environment is despite wanting to retrofit first inevitably will be new buildings as well so you know tackling embodied carbon concrete and steel and investing in you know the transition to have much more low carbon building materials will be essential and by embodied carbon you mean basically the carbon that's required or is produced when you're building a building versus the carbon the operational carbon which is basically when you start to use the building when you sort of live in it or you work in it or whatever Exactly, James. That's exactly right. And I think it's worth making the point that you know, embodied carbon emissions can make up more than half of the emissions of a building over its life, life cycle. So it's not just about building a building, then thinking about the operational carbon. We have to take a whole life approach and think of the carbon emissions in constructing the building as well as operating it and, and using the building as well. So it's a critical role to play in the built environment sector. And then I think my final one is actually agreeing with Boris. It's trees. <laughs> I don't agree with him on many things, but you know, <laughs> bringing nature, biodiversity back into the city, and you know, making sure that we're avoiding the urban heat island effect, and we've got nature-based solutions in our cities that you know will help with flooding, and yeah, you know, as I say, biodiversity, air quality, you know, all those multiple benefits from nature and biodiversity will be absolutely essential, and we, you know, because we can't forget that as well as a climate crisis we've also got a, a biodiversity crisis as well so those are my four Eve I'll let you come back to me on what the four punchy words are well let's <laughs> have a think about that one go on Eve <laughs> okay retrofit renewables embodied carbon and enhancing biodiversity love it Beautiful. Brilliant. Beautiful. <laughs> very pithy vote for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I guess related to that, I mean, we spoke a little bit about it earlier in terms of how individuals can get involved with COP. If you could ask people to do one thing to be more sustainable, what would it be? This is a hard question because there's so many things that we all need to do. But I think if I was to pick one, I would say to switch to renewable energy at home. So make sure your home is as energy efficient as possible and switch to renewable energy. You snuck a second one in there, I think, but it will give you that. <laughs> make sure and your home is energy just, efficient and yeah. renewable energy. <laughs> just a plug, and this is not a third, James, I promise, but just a plug pre-COP as well is just uh, you know as I say this is such a big opportunity for us in the UK um, I hope central government makes the most of it but we as individuals should as well so you know follow the news next week as Eve says write to your local MP get involved in your local politics get involved in your local community groups you know no action's too small because it's going to have to be an absolutely monumental effort and change across the whole of society so I hope COP helps to inspire us all to turn all of our commitments into real action as well. Yeah, and it's so exciting that it's actually happening on our doorstep at the moment. And yes, you're right, we can engage with it on video links and online and everything. But actually, this is in the UK right now. We have a phenomenal opportunity to show the world what is possible at a grassroots level as well as at a government level as well. So really, really exciting. Yeah, in humanity, this will be a, a catalytic point. So, um, you know, there's so much at stake and I think it's it's worth remembering that. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Tor, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Good luck next week. We look forward to seeing some of those video blogs and your selfies with various world leaders. Um, 
and good luck with your presentation in the Blue Zone. And we look forward to hearing all about it. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Please make sure you tune in next time to hear some more around sustainability in the built environment and what you can do as an individual to help drive that forwards. Take care. Thanks so much, James and Eve. It's been a pleasure. Brilliant to speak to you. Thanks so much, Tor.